Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome everyone to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. I'm Gutrude. And Gutrude and I are (laughs) spending today's episode, this week's episode, talking all about two big Square Enix MMOs. They are Dragon Quest X, Final Fantasy XIV. Right. We've talked about both of them a little bit. We've done a couple episodes on Dragon Quest X, and we've talked about Final Fantasy XIV a little bit in the past, but we haven't ever just done like a whole full episode kind of comparing the two. Right, and that's something that you actually have way more experience with ten than I do. But I've been playing uh, fourteen. We started it together. I think you may have made me start it uh, when we were trying to play it and fe- first started right when a, new- a Realm Reborn came out. So we've both been playing it a bunch, um, and I did a lot before you because you quit, and now I've quit and pseudo back, and it's it's a weird thing. But we've got a lot of experience with both of them between us. Yeah. They have a surprisingly large amount of things in common uh, with each other. And I mentioned this a couple of weeks back and said whenever we did this episode that I would bring it up again here. But I think a lot of that has to do with Yoshi P, uh, Naoki Yoshida, the Mm -hmm. guy that he serves as director for Final Fantasy XIV. And if you've ever played Final Fantasy XIV, People affectionately refer to him as Yoshi P. Mm-hmm. So you probably know who this is already. But he actually got his start uh, really in Dragon Quest. Uh, I think I mentioned it. it was in the Die episode, right? Because uh, Yoshi P did the uh, the Battle Monster Road stuff. Uh-huh. Yep. I think it was that episode. Yeah. And so he started his work doing that. And then he was brought in to be, I think, his official type title was something like game designer for dragon quest 10 version 1.0 at least uh yoshi p served as game designer on and then apparently someone at the company at square enix decided hey this guy's really talented because then they moved him from dragon quest 10 over to Final Fantasy fourteen because Final Fantasy fourteen was a mess. <laughs> it, it, it was and a mess is being nice to it. It was an abysmal failure. That it was a a just I mean, it abysmal failure is the best way to put it. That there is a no clip documentary on YouTube that if y'all want to know how bad the very first iteration of Final Fantasy fourteen was, go on YouTube and look up no clip. Uh, it's one word, no clip. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, and there is a multi part docu series that they did on uh, interviewing the people at Square Enix on just what happened with uh, Final fantasy 14 and how yoshi p saved it by making it a brand new game like it was a mess (laughs) yeah and so i made myself giggle so yoshi p he got 
moved over to Final Fantasy XIV because it was an abysmal failure <laughs> and kind of became the savior for that entry in the series. Right. Uh, because if you've played A Realm Reborn or any of the other expansions, Final Fantasy XIV is actually a really good MMO. Like, it's a fantastic MMO. Yep. It's just the first version of it was so bad. So bad. So Yoshi P kind of came in and saved all of this. But because of that, Dragon Quest X and Final Fantasy XIV feel a lot alike in a whole lot of ways. I would think a huge portion of that has to be from Yoshi P himself coming in and doing work on both of these. And I don't see how that's not possible, you know, whenever they, uh, because of that, like they feel, they feel completely different to me, but at the same time, they share so many points. Like they have completely different like atmospheres and feels like as you're playing it, it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm just playing Final Fantasy 14 or I'm playing DQ 10 while I'm playing Final Fantasy, but they, they share so many gameplay elements that it's like, oh yeah, yeah, Yoshi, Yoshi said to do this. And I actually feel like they're very similar. Maybe I haven't gotten far enough in 10 for that. Yeah, and I actually feel like they're pretty similar. But we're going to talk about that. But before we get too far into our discussion today, we do have a couple of new Patreon patrons. Uh, So before we just get whisked off into these worlds of Eorzea and Estoltia, uh, let's give some real nice thank yous uh, to... New patron number one is Mark M. Mark M. I was so excited when I saw the email with your name on it. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, and Mark M is actually one of our Metal Slime tiers. So, uh, Mark, be sure to message us on Patreon and let us know a topic. You get to choose a topic at that tier. So let us know some topic ideas you have, and we'd love to do... Uh, an episode based on a topic you choose. And then, real nice thank you, number two goes to Jennifer Woods. And because your name is Jennifer, I'm going to give you a very special treat like my wife had put up this week. Uh, she had found a meme on Facebook that that said that you replace all of the vowels in your name. My wife's name is Jennifer, and she said that you replace all the vowels in your name with the word oodle. So you are Joodle Noodle Foodler from now on. So thank you, Joodle Noodle Foodler. I... I, I did not know where you were going with that at first. I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it, I was I was trying. I was making sure that Joodle Noodle Foodler felt in, involved in our community and in our life. No, I get it. Jennifer, Jennifer. But at first, at the beginning, like I wasn't sure where you were taking this. I didn't know what meme you were talking about right. or anything like that. So I was just, I was very intrigued, I guess, <laughs> as to as to where you were going with that. But Anyway, uh, Mark, Jennifer, thank you guys very much for being uh, our two newest patrons. We greatly appreciate uh, all of you guys. So getting back into our uh, discussion, Final Fantasy XIV, Dragon Quest X. Uh, now, in our other Versus episodes we do, we always put out a disclaimer that we like both of these things. Because this isn't yes. a we trash one and dote upon the other. It's like we love both of them. And so we just kind of compare and contrast them, right? Yes, and that's one thing that that I've always wanted to make very clear in fandom in general and this podcast and everything else is that I am not a crapping on something else because I love 
you know, its competitor or or its its counterpart, where I am fully planning on getting both the new Xbox and the PlayStation. I love Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. I really, really like Star Wars and Star Trek. It's one of those things where this is not a, we're going to be like, oh, DQ10 is bleh, but Final Fantasy fourteen is yeah. Like, that is totally something I am absolutely against. Well, considering it's a Dragon Quest podcast, it seems like the opposite of what you just said. <laughs> I don't have to parade gate. I don't think people expect anything out of me. So these games are pretty similar. Uh, they each have a free trial. If you're interested in checking these out yourself, Final Fantasy, the last time I checked, the, the free trial for Final Fantasy 14 goes up to level 40 mm-hmm. for A Realm Reborn. So that's pretty far into the first version of that game, yeah, into yeah. A Realm Reborn. Uh, it doesn't let you complete it. It basically gets you just invested enough that you're like, oh man, I got to beat this now and then have to pay for it. <laughs> yep, that was uh, that was exactly what I was about to say, where it gets you to that point in the story where you're like, oh man, I want, I want to see what happens here. And then you're like forced to pay. It's like they're holding you at uh, spear point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dragon Quest X, however, uh, currently it goes all the way through 2.3, version 2.3, which is a whole lot of game. I'm currently in the middle of 2.0, and I've been playing for around 55 hours so far. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's really not bad. And I have not had to pay yet. Yeah, that's my point, is that you get a lot... So, I guess Dragon Quest X is a better deal. You do get way more game for your free. Although the problem with it is that it's in Japanese, (laughs) uh, where you get way more game, but you might not understand any of it. There, there is that teensy caveat right there. Yeah. But just in terms of content, you do. You get a lot more content uh, and things are less limited. It, it's not uh, restricted as much in Final Fan or in Dragon Quest X. Uh, like, I think the one of the only things that you can't do is post up things on like the auction house or market board or whatever it's called in X. Yeah, you can't, you can't use the market board, the bazaar. And you can't uh, do party chat. You don't have access to party chat. Oh, yeah. Are the, are the two big ones uh, that I've found. There's some other things like uh, there may be some jobs that technically didn't release until 3.0 came out. Mm-hmm. So like if you're playing the, the easy play free trial or anything like that, you can't unlock those jobs yet. The, the biggest thing that kind of affects your, I guess, like day-to-day playing of Dragon Quest X would be that you can't do the market board or have access to the party chat without paying. And I know that affected you a little bit because you ended up wanting to be a ranger whenever you got to a certain point in the story. I think when you finished 1.0 and you weren't able to do that because you hadn't paid yet. Yeah, I was wanting to unlock ranger and paladin because I really loved playing a paladin in 9. And I really like playing as a bard in Final Fantasy fourteen, which, you know, uses bows. And a ranger is the class that uses bows in Dragon Quest Ten. So I was kind of like, maybe I would like that kind of ranged DPS job uh, because in Dragon Quest X, I'm a warrior. Mm-hmm. And warrior's cool and all. It just it kind of moves slow. It's kind of like a, I mean, it, it, the damage is good, uh, but it's kind of feels more like a slow, tanky job than, um, than maybe warrior in other Dragon Quest games do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's slow. Like you showed me the, uh, gameplay where you were when you came up a couple of weeks ago and you were pointing out just how much slower you were than your party members like you would stand there and you would attack 
and then you would just wait while everybody else basically killed the mob for you. Yeah. And part of that is that Dragon Quest X doesn't have the turn-based combat that every other mainline Dragon Quest game does. Every numbered right. Dragon Quest game has that same turn-based combat. And I actually would have preferred 10s to have something more like 9s, yeah. where it's where it's turn-based, but you can still do it multiplayer. Um, and because Dragon Quest X, it's, it's a little more action-y. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, you can't just stand there. The enemies will continue attacking you until you act. Um, so it's not, so, you know, it's more action based uh, than the other games. And so combat is definitely one of my least favorite parts of Dragon Quest X. I'm very much miss the turn-based combat that's in all the other numbered DQ games. Although I will say the combat, there is a really interesting, because it's action based like that, it's, uh, it actually has clipping, uh, and, um, um, I can't remember the actual gaming term now, but you can block monsters from hitting your party. So like you can actually physically push a monster away from a party member as it pushes, like tries to get to them so that it doesn't deal physical damage to them. And I thought that was so neat because it's something that doesn't really happen in MMOs that you can physically keep them away. I think the last time I actually knew an MMO that did that was Ultima Online, where like you could keep like casting walls between people. Uh, but whenever I found out that you could do that, uh, I think I figured it out in the first boss of the, the free trial. It was like, oh my goodness, this is a really neat mechanic. And I don't know if people take advantage of that, but I thought it was really cool that they integrated that into the combat, uh, even just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, do you use that a bunch? No. I mean, it <laughs> basically just delays the inevitable. It's like I just sit there wasting some time shoving the boss away or whatever, but the boss kind of pushes me aside. Ah, uh, I understand. So, it's kinda, so yeah, I'm, I'm way more gung-ho. I'm just like, let's cut this guy in half instead of like, I'm going to shove you so that I delay your attack for five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so they both uh, let you level up jobs on the same characters, which for me, it makes them like a super great uh, MMO is because you don't have to create alts. Right. You can create one character and then you can go around, you unlock the other jobs and you can level up all the jobs if you want and you know max them all out and just become awesome and i really like that in both final fantasy 14 and dragon quest 10 is that that, like i have no desire to like create other characters like i'll just keep this one character and just do everything on them you know and i love that that was one of my favorite things when i started playing 14 was that i didn't have to constantly create alts that i don't like playing alts i tend to focus in on one character and so i miss out on experiences uh with those other classes because i don't want to start from zero and have to do everything again but with 14 and then with 10 as well you don't have to do that like you may be starting again in level but you're not having to replay the exact same content in the exact same order just to level up that that uh, class or that character you have different side quests that you might not have done or something along those lines you're not having to replay the exact same main story or zone stories again the the combat and crafting jobs are pretty similar uh and that you know they're more action-based the combat for Dragon Quest X is like the standard Dragon Quest combat, but it's action-based. Whereas the one for Final Fantasy XIV 
even though it's still action-based, it looks a lot more like your kind of like typical Western MMOs, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's following the hot bar model that uh, WoW started uh, that was adapted from EverQuest. I mean, if you've played an MMO before, then you're going to fall directly into, well, an MMO since 2004, you're going to fall directly into being able to play 14. It's got quest markers uh, over NPCs' heads. You're pressing 1, 2, 3, 4, and moving with uh, WASD, uh, things like that. You can also use a gamepad, but just in you know MMO fashion, it is straight up MMO combat uh, that we're used to. Mm-hmm. Ten is not. Ten, ten is not. Ten is just a Dragon Quest game, except you can't sit there forever in a fight because the enemies will kill you eventually. Yes, if you spend too much time in the menus. Think about it like Final Fantasy combat in most of the games with the ATB meter. That uh, if you don't have it on weight, it's like you're going to sit there and they're still going to beat you to death while you choose through the menus. The crafting jobs, though, in both of them are very similar in that um, you you go around, you unlock like a crafting thing. I unlocked, I've only unlocked two crafting jobs in Dragon Quest X, which are forging for my swords and stuff. Hmm. Uh, and it's very much, it's the same one. Uh, it's it's the ones that's used in 11, like the fun size forge. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of, uh, it looks like that. Is uh, You know, you sit there, you bring the forge, to the there's like a the hub there in uh glen castle town right you go into the castle you do the forge and it looks very much like the fun size forge so it's a fairly easy one to do because like i'm familiar with it in 11 so i don't have to really read stuff the confusing part is buying like the recipe books to know like the recipes and the crafting materials i need to make these better swords oh yeah and then i totally by accident unlocked the sewing or I don't know if it's called Weaver like it is in Final Fantasy 14 but it's like a sewing one okay. I just I talked to the NPC I apparently had the book that I needed already and so I got the clear stamp across it and it was just like all right I unlocked this I've never used it a single time because <laughs> I unlocked it by accident and I mean and I'd only been playing Dragon Quest 10 for like a couple of hours at this point like I was very new to the game yeah um and just you know Totally by accident, unlocked that one. Uh, but, you know, I have unlocked most of the crafting in Final Fantasy fourteen. I can definitely say they are very similar uh, in the way that, you know, you, you gather, you craft, you can make things, and you can go put them up on the market board to sell them for extra gill or gold, you know, depending on which game you're playing. So, And at what point can you unlock those in ten? Because in fourteen, you can basically start out at any point, like from the very beginning, when you log in, you can start being a crafter if you go to the crafting guilds. But in ten, you don't get that option at least for a little while as you work through the combat classes. Uh, at what point can you do that? Uh, you get it in your first big town that you visit. Okay. It's pretty. It's like two hours in, maybe longer if you know you're trying to translate every single bit of Japanese dialogue. Because yeah. that can delay you. But just if you're playing it like a normal game, like couple hours you basically do the prologue and do like the little opening part of whatever tribe you chose yeah uh you do that little opening part and then you get to the first major town of that tribe and can go and start unlocking stuff yeah right around two hours it's not bad at all yeah that's not bad at all that's not something like you're having to wait until 2.0 to be able to uh change classes or something into crafting Mm -hmm. yeah and even the races are really similar uh, I've been noticing, because uh, I played Final Fantasy fourteen before I ever played DQ10, and so I was just noticing like how similar a lot of the races feel 
in the game. I mean, obviously, like the the elves in ten are like the Elizen in Final Fantasy fourteen yeah. because the Elizen are just elves. But even more than that, you know, like the the ogres and rogadens. You have the Lalafels, which you are in fourteen. Yep. Uh, that are just basically the Pucalipos in ten, mm-hmm. which you are now because you restarted. <laughs> I did, and they're like the uh, I can't remember what they're actually called in eleven, but there's one that's very similar to Lala Fells there too in Final Fantasy eleven. Uh, that Shantoto and some of the other NPCs that come into fourteen are. Uh, yep. I can't remember what that race is, but that's what I was in uh, Final Fantasy eleven as well. Was the uh, tiny little. Uh, black mage critter yeah and i assume weddy is basically a makote you have you have fish people and then in final fantasy 14 you have makote who's cat people yeah i mean <laughs> so you have like fish people cat people it's it's they're kind of the uh the i guess the anthropomorphized animal race uh i mean they're not they don't look anything alike they don't really act alike but if you're looking for hey these are people but they're also an animal it's those mm-hmm uh, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting about it is uh, the Ara and the dragons. The Ara are the name of the dragon people mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy fourteen. Dragons are the dragon people in uh, Dragon Quest ten. Are they actually called dragons? Yeah, the race is called dragons. Okay. Because I looked them up when whenever he did this, because I actually was like, there were dragon people that I, I could play as? How did I completely miss this when I was choosing my race? And uh, they were introduced in 3.0, and uh, they look really, really cool in the concept art and screenshots that I'm seeing. Uh, they are very, very neat looking. Yeah, and they look cool. Um, I thought it was interesting because both of them, both games introduced these dragon people in version 3.0. Oh, yeah, they did. For Final Fantasy XIV, that was Heaven's Word, which is technically only the second one because they scrapped all of 1.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, technically 3.0 introduced the dragon people. To, as far as I know, though, you cannot play as a dragon person in Dragon Quest X. They're only for NPCs. What? They may have changed that, but as far as I know... The dragon people are NPCs. Like this... It's a new ra- race that's introduced, but you can't turn into a dragon person. This this makes me very sad on a number of levels because when I saw them, and I know you're going to be like, oh my God, dude. But I'm like, I see them and I hear that. And I'm like, I could play through this to be a dragon person. And because uh, they look so cool and they're actually they look what I wish the ogres looked like. You know, when I told you that I really liked the way the ogres were uh, shaped and everything, but then I ended up not liking the models and town and stuff. It's yeah. uh, that the dragon people are pretty much what I wanted, where they look pseudo demon like, but also uh, very sleek and humanish uh, like mm-hmm. humanoid. I uh, I would love to be able to play as that. That makes me sad. And that may have changed. I just know. At least from just from reading, because I haven't gotten to 3.0 yet, but just from reading stuff about 3.0, and most of it, most of the stuff that you read about 3.0 is a little outdated because, you know, they're on 5.2 now. Something. Anyway, there's some, yeah, there's somewhere in 5.0 content with Dragon Quest X. And so, so, you know, maybe one of those things that they patched in at a later date, but at least when 3.0 was new. Uh, from everything I've read, you can't play as a dragon, and maybe that's been patched in in the couple of years since. But yeah, that's if it has, uh, I don't, I don't know about mm. it. Yeah, 
So if you're playing it, Ryan, we're talking to you specifically because you're the furthest I know. Well, I'm talking to you specifically because uh, <laughs> you're the furthest along in the game that I know of or anyone else. Let me know if you can play as a dragon person. And I know I say dragon person even though they're dragons, but I want to be a dragon person. Yeah. Let me so, know. He's talking about Ryan Molina, by the way, uh, wh- who was on our show talking about Dragon Quest X uh, a couple months back. Right. So if you haven't listened to that, listen to that. And then since he was on the show... He also started like a little Dragon Quest 10 blog slash Dragon Quest fan site of his own. It's called RyanQuest.com. And he's put together a really good page of DQ10 resources. Right. So shout out to him real quick. Uh, check out RyanQuest.com and especially check out his DQ10 stuff because there's not a whole lot of DQ10 stuff in English. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was going to say there's a lot out there, but none that most of us can read. So, uh, so yeah, thanks to Ryan for really putting that together. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. One thing I'm actually curious about um, that I'm kind of going off of our notes here for a second, but because so Final Fantasy 14 and Dragon Quest 10, they both started as these MMOs with a, with an end Right, mm-hmm. like when Dragon Quest X was announced as coming out, it said it was going to last ten years. Okay, so so looking at that, you you have to think, okay, there's probably just a couple of years left, right? Right. Maybe 5.0 is the final expansion for Dragon Quest X. Maybe there'll be a final one. I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about there being a next one yet. Um, final Fantasy fourteen, same thing. It was designed and announced as having you know an end. And so the Shadowbringers, which is the latest with 14, they've already said they're doing another expansion after that, which based on where the story is going, that has to be the final one for that as well. So, um, so that's one thing that I like about these games is that there's an end, you know, like so many MMOs, it's just like, they already demand so much of your time that I like that. I I like playing a game that I know is going to have an ending. Like, it's really hard for me. It's why I can't play Animal Crossing. It's like, I need there <laughs> I need there to be an end to stuff. And so the fact that Dragon Quest X and Final Fantasy XIV are both going to have an end, like, I really like that. And that doesn't mean to say that they're going offline. I assume it's going to be like Final Fantasy XI, where it's like the story ends, but it's like you can still log on, subscribe to it, and play it every single day if you want to. You yeah. Know? I actually noticed uh, a little while ago that Final Fantasy XI is having its 18th anniversary uh, event right now in game. So it's uh, definitely still having things go on, but there's just not that uh, that story being told anymore uh, with new updates. So I'm I'm both with you and uh, of a completely different mind on them because MMOs have made up such a major part of my uh, gaming career that I am so used to and love open-ended MMOs where it's got self-prescribed goals and that you can uh, make whatever you want to out of the game. I It's hard for me to see, oh, this is going to be the last expansion for this game as being a good thing where I'm like, I always want to see new content. Like I always resubscribe and buy the WoW spe- or the WoW expansions when they come out because I love seeing the new content and I may unsubscribe in two months. My my general uh, time period in World of Warcraft uh, tends to be about two months after an expansion comes out where I'm like, okay, I've seen this stuff and uh, then I, I leave and come back later. 
uh, but it's uh, uh, seeing that there's going to be a straight up end to them makes it seem disappointing to me where it's like there's this world, but then it's just going to be abandoned. Yeah, but the thing is, is that I can only assume that there's going to be another one to replace it. Kind of like Final Fantasy 14 replaced 11. So it's like you get a new game with new races, new world, and it's just like any other JRPG. And the game is still there. You can still go back and play it. You can still create a new character and play through all the story all over again, you know? Let's just hope that Dragon Quest Twelve is not a mainline MMO. Oh, I'm sure they're not going to do an MMO before the current one ends. Did they launch fourteen while they were still updating Final Fantasy Eleven? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know when the last, the very last expansion for Eleven came out because I never played that one. I was thinking that they were still working on Eleven at the time, and that fourteen was out when they had announced the end of it. Um, I may be wrong, but it's I could I'm really afraid that both Final Fantasy 16 and Dragon Quest 12 are going to be online games instead of offline games. And despite loving 14, I really prefer the offline storytelling that they're able to do. I would worry more about Final Fantasy 16 than Dragon Quest 12, because Dragon Quest games usually only have about a five year period between mainline entries. Yeah. Final Fantasy games <laughs> uh, just keep taking longer and longer and longer. So uh, I would say if 16 becomes an MMO, that's why. Because they spend so much time making these. But who knows? True. So before we keep on talking about these MMOs, uh, we're at that part of the show that we like to call Shameless Self-Promotion. Shameless! <laughs> I like that one. That was pretty good. So we have a Patreon page. Yeah, you can find that at patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. You can get lots of cool stuff, stickers. You can uh, choose a topic uh, for us to talk about on the show. We have like 50 some odd minisodes up there for people to listen to. And right now, for anybody that joins throughout the month of June, the end date is June 28th. Uh, you get a special thank you on the Patreon thank you page that's in my upcoming Dragon Quest book. The so, Dragon Quest book. Yeah, so if you want to uh, help support the book a little bit early before it comes out and help support the podcast all in one, uh, then make sure you're a patron before June 28th, and you'll get a nice thank you in that book as well. Now, just for clarity's sake uh, for everyone, what tier level do you have to be to get your name in your book? Any of them. Yay! <laughs> yeah, it's any of them. Did you know that already? Were I did. I did. I okay. knew that. I was setting you up. Okay, cool. I, I really couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were just being you or if you <laughs> really didn't know. So I couldn't tell. No, I was just being me then, then that one. Yeah, which does bring me to the kind of segue here is that I do have the cover reveal and additional info about my book, the Dragon Quest book up on uh, my blog right now. So you can go to dragonquestaustin.com and if you're listening to this episode new, it's still the top post uh, on that site. So if you haven't seen the cover already, be sure to check it out. Super excited about it. Uh, my friend Ferrari did the cover. She's a really talented artist. Her name is Jessica Ferreira, but some of us call her Ferrari because of her last name. She's super talented and oh my gosh, she did such a great job with those covers. 
um, even you were like, oh man, she should forge art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, this woman could make a living at counterfeiting pieces of art. Like it's, they're very, very, very detailed. Like I was super shocked as you were sending me drafts, like where she was like, oh, what do you think about this? And uh, I was like, holy cow, she's good. So I, uh, I'm really excited to uh, have everybody see this cover and get excited about it too. Yeah, so remember, you can check that out over on DragonQuestAustin.com. And then for the community spotlight today, we haven't done a community spotlight in a few weeks. We've There's a lot that's been going on, <laughs> uh, but we haven't done a community spotlight in a while. And I did want to give a quick shout out really fast to the Crafting Rogue. Uh, some people might know her as Alinzia on Twitter uh, because she sent me a... I, I guess it's like a slime care package. <laughs> yeah, that's really what it seems like. Like you got home from Tennessee after the family emergency and had a slime care package. Yeah. Slime care, TM. And it was so nice. It was, it was a, I think it's crocheted. I don't know yeah, enough. About I believe they're crocheted. Yeah. Okay. I'm not crafty enough to know like what the magic that went behind it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a crocheted blue slime, which I knew she was sending me. But then she sent me a really cool crocheted metal slime. And a cool blue slime decal to go like on your car or wherever you want to put it, really. And so that was that was super nice. Um, and she does have an Etsy store. It's at Etsy.com slash shop slash the crafting rogue that we're going to put in the notes here because you guys should check it out. And I believe she had some other slime merch up for sale on her Etsy store a little while ago. The last time I checked a few days ago, it may have sold out already, but it was there. So act fast, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, and Alinzia, I know you're listening at some point to this podcast, but, uh, thank you very much. It was super nice, uh, because, you know, my wife and I had to go out of town last minute, um, for my brother-in-law's funeral. It was like this really sad thing. He was only 28. And so, uh, yeah, so it was a very stressful trip, uh, exhausting trip in a lot of ways. And the day we got home that, uh, was waiting for us when we got home. So it was, uh, just a really nice thing. Uh, to do and a really nice timing uh, thing to get there. So thank you. And I'm not sure if you uh, shared it with other people. I think you put it on Twitter, but when you got them, you immediately sent me, well, uh, as immediately as it happens when this kind of thing happens, but you sent me pictures of Naomi and the girls holding the, uh, holding the slimes. And it was one of the most adorable things ever. Just Naomi looking up, just holding up these slimes and smiling. So, uh, so that made my day when I saw that. Yeah, Naomi likes to play a game now. She calls it Hide the Slime. <laughs> and she she takes one of them and hides them. Currently, they're both on top of the uh, the big like cabinet, wine cabinet thing in our house. Right. Because she hid the blue one a little too good. And it took me like two or three days to find it. I was oh. like, Naomi, where'd you hide the slime? And she looked where she thought she hid it and it wasn't there. And I was like, oh no, I thought she'd lost it. And so... Currently, we are not playing hide the slime. <laughs> that is a very fair and reasonable thing not to reason not to play it. Yeah. So, getting back to Dragon Quest Ten, Final Fantasy fourteen, uh, we I kind of we divided this little section up in ways that DQ ten is arguably better, ways that FF fourteen is arguably better. So, starting with ten here, uh, I would just like to say uh, that I think the hiring of AI party members from the pretty much from the get go, not like instantly in the game. You do have to do a quest to unlock it once you reach your first major town. But the way that you 
can hire AI party members to help you out so you don't have to rely on other real players uh, has been really nice for me because I'm more of a solo player myself. Um, I read that so is Yuji Hori. Uh, he <laughs> prefers playing DQ10 by himself as well. Uh, so I really like the, that you can hire the AI party members like that. Final Fantasy XIV added that in for dungeons mm-hmm. in Shadowbringers. Uh, which kind of has had mixed results with me. I mean, I mean, it's gotten me through the content without having to queue for like the duty finder or whatever right. to do the dungeon. But it's also like it takes so much longer to do it with the AI party members. Um, but but because you can do it, use it from the in the overworld to get through the story, all of that. I definitely like that about DQ10, and I like that you can just it's an MMO, but you can totally just make it a solo game if you want to. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the fa- my favorite things that Star Wars The Old Republic had put in. That early in development, they had announced that you were going to have companion characters. That no matter what, um, you could have a single character with you uh, at any given time, and uh, you'd be able to recruit them. It's a Bioware game, so you'd be able to recruit them, have a relationship. They would have stories with them and everything, and they would help you in combat. And there would be different ones that were like tanks, some were damage dealers, some were uh, healers. And eventually they moved it to where you could assign any of the companions that you had to any of those roles. So you could basically use the one that you liked no matter what. And that was one of my favorite things about the game was because it let me get through the content and some of the elite content that was group based without having to bother with other people that I was able to use my tank and uh, go through or my healer and uh, beat it. And that's one of the really great things that it sounds like with 10 is being able to go through uh, just the world with a party, not even just dungeons, but just explore and do quests while you have a party with you. That's actually how I thought uh, Elder Scrolls Online was going to be when yeah. I first uh, bought it was because so much of the first part of that game feels like you're, you can do it solo if you want to. And then uh, I got into what, what would have been, I guess, the first dungeon, depending on how you play, I guess. And I was playing it with my cousin and my brother online. Right. The two of them to buy the game and play it with me. And neither one of them wanted to be like healers or anything. And it was very obvious we, ha- we needed a healer. So I had to like change my whole path and do be- become a healer in ESO, <laughs> uh, which turned me off of that game because I didn't like just being a healer. But we spent one memorable time. It was just my brother and I in a dungeon where I was healing him and he was killing stuff and things were dying very slowly. But we got through it. We got to the end, but it took like forever <laughs> going in just the two of us instead of with like a, a bigger party. So anyway, Dragon Quest X, really like that you can hire party members. Uh, the other thing that I like that I haven't done yet, so I guess I should put a little asterisk by this, but uh, I, I'm still waiting on the my paid copy the box with the code inside of it to get to my house and so because of coronavirus you know it's there's like all these huge delays uh from like international shipping and stuff especially from asia but this one well this one it says it's coming from the netherlands even though it was on play asia it says it's shipped it came from the netherlands oh no i mean maybe it's coming by boat because one time i one time I had a package come from Japan by boat and it took like two months to get here. That is some shipping. <laughs> Literal shipping. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so maybe that's why. I don't know. But there is a um, murder mystery uh, quest chain that you can do in DQ10, which I am super excited to get to 
because I love that murder mystery stuff. Mm-hmm. I even did a, you know, I did that murder mystery dinner thing with you and some of our other friends. And it was for awesome. Like one of my birthdays. Was it 25th birthday, something like that? Like mm, No, because uh, Grace was pregnant with Naomi at the time. So I think it was more like 26th or 27th birthday. Okay. 27th I just, birthday, I want to say. I just couldn't remember because I couldn't remember if it was just you wanted a murder mystery or if it was a special occasion birthday that you wanted a murder mystery. No, it was just I wanted a murder mystery for my, uh, for my birthday. Okay. I thought it was cool. So yeah, so there's that in DQ10, which I'm excited to get to. Uh, just because I like that kind of thing. And the Hildebrandt stuff that's in Final Fantasy XIV, uh, I don't like it. The the weird like detective guy. Yeah. I like part of it, but I always end up skipping the storyline whenever it just... It's goofy, and I like that, and then I get bored and just end up skipping through to the content they include. Yeah, same for me. The Hildebrandt stuff, I like the goofy stuff that's in there, but... It just takes so long. You have to do like 20 quests mm-hmm. to like unlock one little thing. It just takes way too long and way too many cutscenes. It's just too much. Uh, the other way I think DQ10 is arguably better is the housing. I know you put housing. That's why you think FF14 is arguably better. <laughs> uh, so so we'll, we'll talk about the housing real quick too. So for DQ10, the reason I think the housing is better is because you can just, you get a house. You get your own house. You can get stuff for it. You can decorate it. You can make it look cool however you want to. In Final Fantasy XIV, you have to do all this extra stuff to get a house. You do. You have to have, you have to have like your allied seals. Isn't it allied seals or company grand company seals? I think it's is grand company it seals. You have to be like a certain level. You have to do like dungeons and all this other stuff to do it. You have to have like a crazy amount of gill. And then... It's hard to come by now, so like people are like illegally trying to sell plots of video game land on the internet. Yep. And it's just like this whole big thing. And I'm like, why can't I just get a house? Why can't you just give me a house, Final Fantasy Fourteen? And I like that kind of system. Like I feel like it was such an accomplishment for us to have that house together that when we all put the work in that I will Basically, until they stop doing the game, whenever it's got a, uh, I get an email notice that it's going to be demolished, I'll resubscribe just to be able to save that house. That uh, it's worth 15 bucks every few months to be able to keep it because I feel such a uh, such an accomplishment and connection to having been able to get it. And yeah. uh, I, I like that you can have more than one. Like a person can have an apartment, a private chambers, a an allied house uh, th- with a free company house, and then they can buy their own uh, single plot house if they can find one. And I like being able to have that kind of uh, freedom with it. Yeah, I guess for me, my biggest annoyance was it was because so I got locked out of my old Final Fantasy 14 character, right? So I had to create a new one. And then going back, it was just such a pain in the butt to get that house because of having to get all these seals. And it's stuff that sh- honestly should have been patched out now that the game has advanced so far. Right. I see because that. it was just like, you know, and it's not the fun dungeons. It's like Aurum Vell and like Dismal Darkhold. Yeah. And you know, it's just, it wasn't fun. It was just like, why can't I just have a room at this house? I belong to our free company again. So like, why can't I just get a room at the house? Why do I have to do all this stuff to get it? It just, it seemed like way too unnecessary, especially now that the game has been out so long. Right. It's like six years, seven years. And yeah, after the release of A Realm Reborn, it's like, 
they could have streamlined that a bit. Like, why can't I just be in this house now now, if I have the money? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, you're right. I think that uh, the extra gatekeeping there and attunement for it is kind of silly. Save up 300,000 gil for one tiny room, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I I understand that. Yeah, so that's that's why I put housing there. Because in Final Fantasy XIV, it's just like, even to just get the house, you have to have a free company. Then you have to buy the plot of land for like tens of millions of gil. Mm. Then you have to spend more millions of gil building the house. And then once that's all done, you have to spend 300,000 gil to get a room in the house. That's true. It's it's just like, why? (laughs) Like, just let me have a house, man. (laughs) That's, I get it. I can, I, I do see that because that's one of the things that I really like with, um, uh what's the game called fantasy star online 2 is that pretty much immediately you have access from the moment you log in access to a house with a couple of rooms and then if you can start a uh an alliance you get an alliance like base to be able to go into once you hit like level 10 yeah now in final fantasy 14's defense it is in english so i can understand (laughs) right that the house buying process much better so that is that is one way in which that's another way I guess depending right. on how you look at it in which Final Fantasy fourteen is arguably better. It's in English, so you don't have the language barrier there. Uh, the biggest thing I love more about Final Fantasy fourteen is traveling around is so much easier in Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm. Like so so much easier in DQ ten. You don't have Zoom. God only knows why. Goddess Rubus only knows why. <laughs> Yeah, but you 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 don't have Zoom. You have to do special things to get return stones. You have to worry about like attuning, and you know not losing track of which ones you've attuned to. Uh, you know you you ride a train back and forth between the cities. Mm-hmm. Whereas fourteen, it's like you attune to the Aetherite, then you can just like teleport for a little bit of gill all around wherever you want to, and so like. The big wild zones have their own. All the cities have their own. So it's really easy to just go around back and forth. Yeah. And 10, it's just a whole lot harder to travel around. You also, there's no sprint in 10. So it's kind of like one of the complaints I have with DQ8 is that it's this big world. And if you're just running, it's so slow. It's like you're running in slow motion. Yep. And there's just like not a whole lot to see. I mean, the landscapes look beautiful, but there's not nearly as much stuff going on in the wild zones as there are in like Final Fantasy 14. Um, and so traveling around, it's just so much easier to me. Um, even, even the mounts, you know, the mount in DQ 10, like the dollar board, it's like, you know, you have to buy the, you have to buy uh, fuel for, and it's only, it's only good for 30 minutes. Which feels ridiculous to me as someone who like from the very beginning played, um, Ultima Online, where you could just go buy a horse at the stables and then go fight people and have them kill your horse. Like it seems that like that's simpler than buying fuel for a dollar board and having a, a set limit on the amount of time that you can ride it, where you have to keep extra fuel in your inventory. Yeah, and it's it's one thing that hasn't irked me too much because it's like it's thirty minutes on the dollar board, so it's not just thirty minutes from the time you summon it. So it's not real time thirty minutes. Right. It's in game time on the dollar board, which is nice. And that is more time than you really think it's going to be. Yeah. And so it's not, it's more of an inconvenience just making sure that I always have the fuel in my inventory in case I'm out there in a wild zone and I run out of fuel. Like I always want to have another one 
to uh to pour into my dollar board so i don't <laughs> yeah. have to trek it you know all the way back to town so yeah but i think final fantasy 14 it definitely in my opinion at least the way that final fantasy 14 just really beats dragon quest 10 is just traveling around it's so much easier and like user-friendly to be able to just move around essentially wherever you want in Final right. Fantasy 14. Yeah, 14's travel is really, really, really nice. Like, that's one of the better MMO travel systems like there is. Yeah, it costs some gill to be able to move around, but that's fine. Like, I never even think about the cost it takes to go somewhere because I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not having to worry about flight paths. I'm not having to worry about anything else. It's like I can pretty much just... Uh, teleport near wherever i need to go mm-hmm. yeah so almost out of time for this week uh any final mmo thoughts in general here <laughs> um well right now i think 14 is probably the best mmo available in the west um i can't say anything about 10 because it's not in english because i do like the game i just haven't been able to stick with it because of the language barrier um but um I do have things for us. You made a really cool new sticker on our Redbubble page. I did. You did. So there's going to be a link to that in the notes where you can <laughs> buy a uh, DQ is for the children uh, Wu Tang no, parody. You have to. You have to. You have to say it like you're ODB. <laughs> I can't. No. No. No one is getting me to do that. That is. That is a uh, no. That's a hard. Hard pass. Did you just leave? <laughs> nope, just sitting here in silence now. <laughs> okay, I thought there was more to whatever you were talking about. Nope. I've also included a link to the YouTube No Clip documentary uh, so that people can check that out too. Okay, but, cool. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. I think Final Fantasy fourteen is the best English MMO over here in the West. I think it's taken uh, things like, you know, from WoW and other MMOs and just really made it better and i'm not a huge mmo guy outside of elder scrolls online the only one i've spent any amount of time in other than dq10 and ff14 is neverwinter Mm. um, which was fine it was free i mean it was a pretty fun one that i probably drained a good like 20 to 30 hours into yeah it's a good game i got tired of it yeah but it's you know it's nothing compared to final fantasy 14 and hopefully dq10 will make it over here one day I'm kind of thinking if we ever do get an offline version, it'll be after everything's complete, like after that final expansion comes out. Mm -hmm. Not to be a Debbie Downer, but I've kind of just given up that DQ10 is ever getting an English release. Um, I'm making my Rachel Dratch Debbie Downer face, you know, the like... Um, But yeah, anyway, so I think that DQ10 is really good. I think Final Fantasy XIV is really good. Uh, if you play both of them and you're listening to this, then awesome. Because I feel like they are really just like two sides of the same coin. They just have so much in common. And that coin is in Yoshi P's pocket. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah, I did. I see. Yeah. So anyway, that about does it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at DragonQuestFM. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DragonQuestFM. Patreon at patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. And if you want to talk to me individually, I'm on Twitter at dragonquaston. And you can check out my regular Dragon Quest blog. That is at 
dragonquestaustin.com. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. My other podcast is the geek to geek podcast that you can find on geek2geekmedia.com, geek2geekcast.com, or your favorite podcast places. And if you would also like to be fantastically wonderful, join us on Slack and Discord uh, that you can find the links there on geek2geekmedia.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.